You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is that seven years after discovering King Tut's tomb, 11 of the British archaeologists all died from the mummy's curse. It turns out they actually died from ancient mold spores. A guy named uh, Professor Kramer, a German microbiologist, figured out the mold spores in the tomb were aspergillus, a producer of mycotoxins. In fact, one of the ones that grows indoor toxic mold, one I've had in my bedroom. Spores can survive for a really long time in almost any climate because they have a hardened outer shell. And that professor's hypothesis was, quote, when the tomb was first opened, the fresh air could have caused the spores to be blown into the air and infected the archaeologist through the nose, mouth, or eyes. In fact, there is something called aspergillosis, and it, it goes in through your sinuses, it can grow in the sinuses, it can grow in the lungs, and it can kill you, although it has to be a pretty aggressive species in order to do that. you got to figure after a thousand years of eating dead kings, maybe it was pretty hungry. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io Dave for a seven-day free trial. 
Today's guest needs little introduction as she's one of America's most popular and beloved personalities as a former star of hit television programs like Three's Company and Step by Step, the stuff I grew up with. With a multifaceted career that spanned more than three decades, Suzanne, Suzanne Summers, of course, has achieved extraordinary success as an actress, singer, comedian, New York Times bestselling author, Las Vegas Entertainer of the Year, and entrepreneur. Suzanne is the author of 20 plus books, including the New York Times bestsellers, Keeping Secrets, Five Summer Size Titles, and The Sexy Years. And her most recent book is called Toxic, From Toxic to Not Sick. And you can find her at SuzanneSummers.com. Uh, Suzanne, welcome to the show, and, and thanks. I know we're on a really compressed timeline, so I'm going to jump into questions uh, right away with you. The first question that I wanted to ask is, tell me about how you got started in all of this. Uh, was this related to Thymaster? Was this related to cancer? Like, How did this all come together? I remember that a dear friend of mine was diagnosed the same week with the same size tumor in exactly the same place in her breast as mine, with exactly all the same stats. And she went standard of care with uh, chemical poisoning and all that goes with it, and I didn't. And she's been gone now for 10 years. Wow. So it takes a lot of courage to um, refuse because the, the rap in that examination room is so intense and there's such a rush to start right away. And uh, I am just grateful that I had... Whatever it was in me to say, whoa, 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 I have to stand back and really think about this. And when I had time and, and got over that initial fear, it was very clear to me what choice I was going to make. Was that before or after you came out with the Thigh Master? Um, that's a good question. I, no, I think the Thigh Master was before that. It was before that? So I was, I was clearly into fitness and... and Working out, and you know, I I performed in Vegas oh, yeah. um, at, at, for so many years, and at that time, right now, what I do is a very um, more grown-up kind of sexy nightclub show. Um, but at that time, I was doing a full-out production show, two two-hour shows every night at the um, Las Vegas Hilton, and so I was really into exercise, but not from the standpoint of health. It was because that was what I did for a living, and. I did like the effects it had on my um, shape. It's, it's a pretty grueling thing, though, so that can sort of wear you out. So maybe you naturally got a little interested in just the stuff that made you able to perform at that level. Well, I know that when I was performing, I never um, drank alcohol. I wouldn't even drink a cup of coffee before I wanted walked on stage because I didn't want anything to alter um, my chemistry in any way, and I... I found that after the show, when people would sit around and drink wine, I would instead have, um, I found some tea called Sleepy Time Herbal Tea, yeah. and I found that would kind of calm me down and and uh, make me sleepy, and that, um, so so it was all happening organically. I wish I had known about it sooner. I really wish I had known so much uh, sooner, or, or maybe I, I should take that back, because then I never would have gone into this. <laughs> arena, which gives me such pleasure and I have such passion about. But in retrospect, I, I now know what the signs are um, of breast cancer before you get breast cancer, and that is for women who are estrogen dominant, such as myself, everybody, including most orthodox doctors, immediately say, you cannot have any more estrogen. It's estrogen that gave you the cancer, and that is exactly wrong. It's the opposite. 
The reason you're estrogen dominant is because you're not making enough progesterone. That's the first thing that drains out on most women. So estrogen is carcinogenic, but nature is so incredible. Nature provides progesterone, which is anti-carcinogenic. So the a healthy woman makes estrogen every day of the month, and then two weeks of the month she makes progesterone, and that is what protects her. So I had all the signs when I look back on it of someone who was estrogen dominant, meaning I wasn't making enough progesterone. Starting to fill up, puff up, um, my usually slim frame was getting, all I can call it is a menopausal look, and I, I didn't realize it was happening to me until... I would see pictures of myself in the National Enquirer and they would say things like, her suit looks snug. <laughs> but I didn't know those were the signs. I didn't know that the fact that I wasn't sleeping well and, and then eventually not at all uh, was wow. a sign. I didn't, I didn't know that my mood changes were a sign. I just figured I was one of these women that had PMS and I hated when I felt like that. And oh, You always act terribly when you have chemical imbalance. And all, all it was was if, if there had been a knowing doctor around at that time, they would have instantly done my blood work to see where my progesterone levels were, and it would have been a simple remedy of putting back the protective uh, components in my chemistry that could have protected me from breast cancer. So that made me want to start writing about this. And when I found bioidentical hormones, which no one had ever talked about before I started writing all the books that I wrote on hormone replacement, the, um, the only relief women could get when they were starting to decline in any of their hormones was to take synthetic hormone, which um, doesn't replicate nature. And I think any time yeah. you don't replicate nature, you're going to uh, get yourself in trouble. Plus, synthetic is a, is, a, is, a, is a chemical molecule that is foreign to the human body. And anytime you put anything in the human body that's foreign, the body goes, what are you doing? What is that? What am I supposed to do with that? Where am I supposed to, to put that? So you inter- interfere with the language, and the body has a tremendous language. It's telling us all the time everything that's wrong with us. We just go deaf on it for, for so long and for many people their whole lives. They're deaf, deaf to the language of their body. So when I lecture, I try to teach about the, the language. About 15 years ago, you endorsed uh, or had, had some quotes in a book by Dr. Philip Lee Miller, uh, who wrote about anti-aging. Yes, And yes. I actually went on anti-aging bioidentical hormones about 15 years ago. I'm only 42 now because uh-huh. my testosterone was, was near zero. And I was actually an estrogen-dominant male because I used to be obese because I was so toxic, mostly from toxic mold, I think, now in, in retrospect. And I, oh, interesting. It, so thanks for that, because you probably helped me find Dr. Miller a long time ago, and I don't need to be on sure. testosterone anymore. I, I'm off of it. But it, it saved my career and probably you know, allowed me to be where I am today to get on bioidentical hormones until my body could make its own. And, I'm uh, curious, cool. did you ever hit your head as a kid, fall off a bike, fall off a, something on the playground, hit your head? Um, probably not too much. I've had a couple of Daniel Amen SPECT scans I did have all sorts of toxic mold damage to the brain. Uh, Dr. Amon said my brain looked like a heavy street drug user's brain with lots of damage, but it was all chemical damage, not physical damage. Crazy. Just to, to finish up, wrap up yeah. that one thought about early testosterone loss in men, and it happens in 20s and 30s, and, and nobody ever you know, recognizes it for what it mm-hmm. was or what it is. You luckily found yourself a doctor who understood 
when you hit your head as a kid, which most every kid does, you jostle the pituitary. And when you jostle the pituitary, which is, you know, in the brain, there's a hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. When that gets jostled, the signaling um, stops operating and functioning at optimum. And so the, the, the signaling to the thyroid to produce sufficient testosterone hormone or estrogen hormone or uh, progesterone hormone or DHEA or pregnenolone or any of them, um, then you start having the language of the body, which is obesity or uh, inability to sleep or no libido or no energy or a lack of zest for life because hormones are the juice of, of youth. And that's the reason we want to keep um, optimal levels going throughout our entire life because they're extending our lives so long. You're so knowledgeable, Suzanne. The pituitary there is you know, the seed of so many hormones. It turns out I didn't probably jostle my pituitary, but uh, there's an autoimmune pituitary problem you get from breathing toxic mold. And I grew up in a basement. I had nosebleeds all the time. and It was a, a water-damaged basement. And the odds are that that's what happened, is that my immune system started attacking my uh, my pituitary gland, and I have since reversed that, so my immune system doesn't do that anymore, and that's why my hormones all came back online. Which is, Isn't that incredible? Right? So, so few people are able to um, completely recover from mold exposure. It's, uh, I remember when I was writing uh, Toxic, I was talking to Dr. Shoemaker, mm-hmm. and I said, what about uh, Sandy Hook with all that flooding? And he said, They're, they think their problem are there wet basements? He said their problems haven't even begun yet. Yeah. The the um, as it was in our house when after our house burned down, we moved into this beautiful rented house up on the hill in Malibu. It was so beautiful, I wanted to buy it. I liked it better than the house that burned down. And I didn't know that um, in an unfinished room downstairs there was standing water. Oh no! And uh, it was like the little shop of horrors. The Stachy Botrys, which is the worst mm-hmm. kind of black mold worked its way into the drywall, worked its way up into the air conditioning ducts and the heating heating vents, and we were breathing it, exercising in it, living in it. it and the first, the first thing I noticed was my husband, who is so healthy. This guy eats fruit and nuts and vegetables, and he has his whole life. He gravitates towards it. He's just, you know, just has, never has gut problems or anything. He's started having terrible sinus issues, which ultimately became fungal sinusitis, but we didn't know at the time. I had that too. Awful, awful. And the red eyes. And I always thought red eyes were just something that happened to people when they get older. Red eyes are a language. Anybody (laughs) who's listening, if you wake up in the morning or during the day and you've got those red eyes and you're constantly having to get pink eye medicine, it could a, yeah, it could be an infection, but most likely it's you've got, it's, it's just a place for your body to start expressing the toxins. So he had the terrible red eyes, runny eyes. He never had that before. Constant sneezing. If he walked into a room where chemicals had just been spread, sprayed, he would um, sneeze and his nose would drip. But then, but then started facial tics. Oh, yeah. Which to facial spasms and then regressed to full-out grimacing. And doctor number one says he's got Parkinson's. I said, no, he doesn't. This guy is too healthy. Doctor number two said, well, it's most likely pre-Parkinson's. I said, with all due respect, he does not. 
And that's when we went on the mold search, which was a four-year, as you know, you've been through it. I've <laughs> oh, seen yeah. your movie. Oh, I've seen you. what it does to people. It's just extraordinary. It's, 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 I think mold is as bad as cancer. And Dr. Gonzalez, who unfortunately is no longer with us as of a few weeks ago, he said, um, I treat mold and cancer exactly the same way. I said, really? Yeah. He said they're both similar organisms in that they can they need to be detoxed out of the body and um, and the body has to be fed the right kind of fuel so that it's strong enough to handle all the detoxification. I, I'm convinced that some cases of cancer are misdiagnosed fungal infections, but not all of them. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It, it's a huge statement, and you know, neither of us is a physician, but we both know a thing or two. And there's so much evidence from, from Constantini and having immersed myself in, in toxic mold research because I wanted to, to fully recover and just realizing that everywhere I go, I see it. And I see it in the people who work at buildings that have mold. And I know because I can feel the mold because I've been exposed and everyone working there is fat and unhappy. And you realize like, like their lives are falling apart and they don't know it because... And they don't know it. Yeah. Like, and acne is another... Um, you know, it's just, it's, again, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's trying to find some place to express itself. So some people walking around with rosacea and acne and never, ever connecting that or never connecting their bloated bellies or never connecting their foggy thinking or inability to concentrate or inability to maintain memory or, in the worst case that I saw in your movie where people's ability to walk and move is so hampered by mold it, it's so by mold it, it just doesn't seem believable one of the other signs that that it's about movement but a little bit less noticeable if i'm exposed to mold i bite myself like when you're chewing you bite your lip i don't ever yeah. bite my lip anymore as a kid it was constant because i was sleeping in a bedroom full of toxic mold and i would i'd be bleeding inside my mouth when i'd finish eating because i couldn't control my jaw closing all the way and i just thought it was normal because I didn't know I was toxic, because you know, no one, no one talked about it. Um, well, that, I've never, I've never heard that, but of course that makes sense. Yeah. And there would be no doctor uh, to be able to help you with that. You'd get uh, put on some allopathic course. That's yeah. the, see, that's the, that's the part that I find so troubling, is the uh, immediately reaching into the antibiotic bag, which has right. so destroyed the uh, the guts of so many people and shredded their their barrier walls like a like a tire that's blown on a freeway my feeling is there isn't a drug answer to mold i i personally because i of my approach to cancer i don't feel there's a drug answer to cancer either yeah. but in in so much work with dr gonzalez really managing cancer is easier than managing mold because mold wow. is not something you want to manage. Mold is something you want to get out of your body mm -hmm. and it takes a concerted effort with every single choice that you make. You, you can't have sugar when you yeah. have mold. What, you know, it's a happy meal for mold. One mold organism can multiply 52 million times in a 24-hour period. You know, that, that's what I, when the mold settled in my intestines from this beautiful house, I, I couldn't figure out why I'd wake up in the morning with a flat stomach, and at the end of the day, I would look like I was giving birth to a basketball. Yeah. What was I doing? And it could have been as simple as having a date 
uh, wow. you know, that which is supposed to be good for you. It's got selenium. But the sugar was that exactly what the mold was waiting for. And once it gets its happy meal, it, like an alcoholic or a drug addict, it, it if it could talk, it, it would say, give me more, give me more, give me more. I got to have it, got to have it, got to have right. it. And that's, you know, that's, you know, people sit down and eat an entire box of chocolates or an entire a carton of ice cream. I don't think it's so much about their will. I think it's about the little bad guys in the gut, <laughs> in the brain going, I need more, I need more, I need more, otherwise I'll die without it. Thanks for saying that. I mean, you, you never had that extreme level of obesity like, like I did, uh, thank goodness. Um, but I tell you, when you're that fat and you're toxic, uh, it, those, those things are screaming pretty loud. And, and you are a willpower athlete when you're fat. And you still lose, but you sure do push really hard before you give up and eat the box of chocolates. And there's, it's biological. And there's, a, there's the emotional component with that, too, because people uh, judge. Oh, yeah. just stop eating. Well, uh, it's just like saying to an alcoholic, you just stop drinking. It's it's not that easy because of of the the whole process of how the gut that's where serotonin is made, or the bulk mm-hmm. of your serotonin. That's your feel good hormone. That's what talks to your brain when you're not making it. Your brain is craving it, craving it. I need it. I need it. I need it. So there are all these little um, uh, demanding voices, which I call the language. And um, what you and I can do is, through the work that you and I both do, is just start teaching this new language. You know, for menopause or perimenopause or hormone imbalance, I call it the seven dwarves of menopause. And this is the language. (laughs) Itchy, bitchy, sleepy, sweaty, bloated, forgetful, and all dried up. Because those are the biggest complaints of hormone imbalance. Um, Mold and uh, GI tract disturbances is a whole other language that is much more complex and much more cunning. So, in, in your book, Toxic, you actually talk about mold as one of six major toxic threats, and it, it would top my list just because it's so common, it's getting right. worse, and it's so unknown. And so that was why I did a documentary about it. But what are the other six? Because people listening to Bulletproof Radio, they know toxins actually can hurt your performance long before they make you sick, so we know to avoid them. But what are, what are your lists? Like, I love the way you communicate this stuff. Well, you know, there, the, there's a new thing now called multiple chemical sensitivity, sensitivity yeah. you know, M- MCS. Did you get that from Stachybotrys? Yes. I did yeah. too, yeah. So that, I call it a tipping point. Mold was your first aggravator. So once you are toxic with mold, it it triggers every other allergy that um, that you are capable of of uh, entertaining. And if you carry the HLA gene, like my husband and my daughter Leslie carries the HLA gene, you're the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. They're the ones who walk into the airport that's just been sprayed with whatever the air freshener is. Terminal 6 and they in have LAX, an attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's like, what's your tipping point? It starts with, there, I, ha- I, I will tell you what the, yeah. what the different, uh, the, the six offenders are, but it starts with gluten intolerance. I'll just talk about gluten intolerance. Well, gluten intolerance is a language. Gluten intolerance is that you're already, you, your toxic burden is so high that now eating uh, gluten, which 
has been engineered now. There used to be 80 different strains of of wheat and it's been engineered down to five, and the gluten is off the charts. Now, some people, though, can handle it. But most people can't anymore because they're spraying their house with pesticides. They're eating non-organic food. They're using um, skin care that uh, is loaded with chemicals, which, by the way, not to be self-serving, but... I, my company makes the most incredible, I don't know if Leslie gave you any of our organic toxic free skincare, hair she, care, she makeup. Uh, yeah, Susan, you, you have really high integrity. Your products are, are really good. Um, and I, I would challenge anyone to, to disprove that. Like, like you, you really, you get it. And when people get it, they make exactly what you make. So a full endorsement there. Thank you. Well, they, if they want to look into what it is, go to SuzanneSummers.com. But to me, it was essential because watching my husband be not only allergic to what we didn't realize at first was the mold, but, but any air spray, any, any mm-hmm. food that was non-organic, it just, the toxic burden builds to the point where there's one last thing that throws you over the top, and for him it was the mold. He was gluten intolerant, but didn't realize that for many years, and um, always had stomach problems, but didn't ever connect gluten or wheat with these stomach problems he had, which is, you know, terrible constipation and gas. And people just look at constipation as gas as an unpleasant occurrence, but it's another one of the languages. If you're constipated and you have gas, there's something wrong. The, the, the machinery is not uh, operating at optimum. And, you know, the, the gut is the second brain, and there's a complete connection, as you know, because you experienced it from the gut to the brain. So... There's one other uh, phenomena out there, which is cesarean births. And I, had, I, I actually put this together myself, but I was reading in Dr. Perlmutter's new book uh, yesterday, and there was something there that said, were you born cesarean? So I have a feeling that he's onto it, but here's why. Yeah, I interviewed him this morning <laughs> for Bulletproof Radio. Yeah, awesome. and we talked about that. How funny. You just read my mind, but yeah. How inter- interesting. And I, I had not seen it. I, I thought I was the only one writing about it, and I opened it up, and there it was. For the people who are wondering what we're talking about, when you're born cesarean, and there are a million children a year in our country, just mm-hmm. in our country, born cesarean, a lot of it uh, is for convenience. Yeah. The, the, that journey, that vital-to-life journey that we all take through the vaginal canal, the first breath or the first swallow we take is not air. The first swallow we take before air is our mother's vaginal flora, and that's how we colonize. If you miss that step, and if you don't have a savvy doctor who understands that upon uh, entry into the world, you need to shoot probiotics into that baby's mouth to colonize it artificially, that baby is going to have lifelong problems, and I've watched it with two of my granddaughters, one's ADD, OCD, the other is ADHD. The other one got with the ADD and the OCD, got bit by a Lyme tick, and it put her into a total tailspin where she lost a year of school. Wow. and could put on 10 to 15 pounds in a week because the nothing was working right anymore. All the signaling was off. So the most important takeaway people can, can get from what you and I are saying is listen to what your body is telling you. That gas is um, a language. Those red watery eyes are a language. Your constipation is a language. Your insomnia is a language. Your joint pain is a language. Your cramping and uncomfortable stomach is a language, and it's a language that's going to lead to serious ramifications uh, the longer it's, it's left without treatment. 
Imagine if you didn't put together the mold with your obesity. Imagine what your life would be. It, it might be, be over. You'd have diabetes for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you'd probably have cancer at this yeah. point. I, I'm sure of it. It's it, it's incredible that we aren't taught these things. And I, I ask my kids this all the time. You know, they're they're six and eight, and and it's like, you know, what what does your body say? You know, how does it feel? Because I I never learned that those had any validity to what I was eating. And it, man, if we could just get people to pay attention to all the things the body says, you can you're in charge of all that stuff. Even food. You're burnings. in charge. Yeah. You're you're in charge of all that, and you're in charge of your health. You're in charge of your quality of life. You're in charge of your thoughts. And nobody's got a perfect life, and it's really easy to let your thoughts, you know, go to that dark place. It will do you no good. You have to live in the present. There's a beautiful quote, and I, when, when I do my nightclub act, I end with this quote. It's by Lao Tzu. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. And so one of the goals we have to make for each of ourselves is to understand that this moment is all we've got and to make the most of this because what happened yesterday is 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 gone and what's going to happen tomorrow isn't here yet it's just only right now and right now if people could understand that every single choice they make matters every time you're going to put something into your mouth think about is this going to propel me towards the present paradigm of aging where people, you know, end up in nursing homes and um, don't know who they they are or were and uh, have one of the big three, heart disease, cancer, or um, um, uh, 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 what's the third? Alzheimer's? Yes, right, yeah. Alzheimer's, I'm sorry. That's all right. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's the one to forget. Funny joke, right? (laughs) What was that one? Oh, yeah, Alzheimer's. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, that's how you can get in control. It's not some ninja warrior out there and you're the unlucky recipient of its arrow. You are the magnet for the arrow, but you also have the ability to dodge that bullet for life by the choices that you make. And so you got to think about chemicals and you got to think about plastics and you've got to think about this whole low-fat movement. It's ever since people gave up fat, uh, healthy dietary fats. They've gotten fatter and sicker. And I, if that's like a big message that has to get out there. The Every cell in the body requires cholesterol. Cholesterol is not the enemy. It's a myth that was created by the makers of the drugs that lower cholesterol. Inflammation is your issue, and people can have their inflammation tested by a blood test called highly sensitive CRP, C-reactive protein. And if you get to a doctor who understands um, that kind of testing, then they can go in deeper and see what your trichothecene levels and mold yes. and, and all the different things that we can now test for so you can have some accurate information. There's a whole consortium of doctors called foreverhealth.com, and the common bond with the doctors who have joined, joined this consortium is this is the work they're all doing so that people have a place. Well, what kind of doctor do I go to? My regular doctor doesn't get it, right? So, and then you've got to, if you smell mold in your house, you got mold. That uh, yes. You have to uh, be even more of a detective and, and um, take mold seriously in your house. And take pills seriously. Don't take over-the-counter or pharmaceutical pills unless absolutely necessary. If there's a a natural way to do it, 
And in most cases, there are. I know when I had my um, amazing stem cell breast regrowth, the, the breast that was taken in cancer, I was the first woman in the United States to have my breast regrown using my own stem cells. Wow. And I worked with Dr. Jonathan Wright for several yeah. weeks before that to build up my body to get it ready for anesthesia and surgery because I had not taken any pharmaceutical drugs in so long. I did need to take a, a pharmaceutical anesthetic. Thank God that existed, and that's yeah. where it's a godsend. But I never took any painkiller after. I took a natural herb called white willow, which is what aspirin is made from. So there are many ways around the whole drug thing, and the fewer drugs you take, the better the news is for your brain. And then really take genetically modified food seriously. They're not going to label it. The DARK Act has been passed which means they do not have to label genetically modified foods. So my rule of thumb is if it's not organic, it's most likely genetically modified. And anybody who wants to know what GMO foods do inside your body, there's an incredible film called Genetic Roulette. I'm sure you've seen it. Yep. Where it explains that GMO foods create a little insecticide factory in your intestines that starts a life of problems. So take GMO seriously. And then the last, the last toxic threat that I talk about in my book, Toxic, is um, electromagnetic fields. Most people go, what's that? Well, for instance, in California, when I was a kid, the, meter, the electric company meter man would show up and he'd bring the doorbell, just here to read the meter. Oh, no problem. Go do it. Well, now um, they are installing new meters called smart meters. Yes which uh, eliminates the need for the meter man. And by the way, it also allows them to peek in on you in a way that I find um, gives me the shutters a little bit, a little, uh, taking away a little bit of my, my personal freedom and my right to privacy. They know when you're home, they know when your lights are on, they know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's probably the minimal part of EMF. This smart meter creates like an electromagnetic field over your entire house. If your neighbor's got a smart meter, that it's over their house, too, and it's emitting over into your house. Now, what does it do? It interrupts with heart rhythms. Uh, for my husband, with his mold, which the reason he had the uh, Parkinson's-like grimacing is that the mold had decided to settle into the cerebellum, which is the base of the brain, and running parallel with the cerebellum is the central nervous system. And the mold started eating into the central nervous system, and that's what was causing the grimacing of his face. Right. The only he's so detoxed now, we're we're 95% better. But you know what triggers it? When he is in a room that is highly uh, alive with EMFs and or cell phones, we have we have a, a we have a product. Again, I'm not trying to sell stuff, but you know, anybody listening would like to know about this product it's called Matrix 2 that you put in between your cell phone and your cell phone case, and it will protect you from electromagnetic radiation by 98%. Wow. And um, it's really a really valuable little trip. So anyway, there are many, many ways to combat EMFs. When they come with a smart meter, um, I, I refused it. If you refuse it, there's a, a fee, a, a fine that they charge you, which, again, gives me shudders, but um, it's better than having my heart rhythms interrupted. It's better than yeah. 
um, the the effect on my brain that EMFs. And if it's strong enough to create the facial grimacing again of my husband, who's almost cleared the mold out, think of the power of EMFs. So those are the toxic threats, and um, and I'm sure there are more, but that's all that I was able to pull together in this book, Toxic. So people can find out more in your book, Toxic, which is, I think, still in the New York Times list. So. Right. That, that's something I, I highly recommend. And the final question that every guest has, has answered, and I think you'll be really good at this, is that if someone came to you right now and said, I want to perform better at everything I do as a human being, what are the three most important things I need to know? That you are in control, that every choice matters, that you are what you eat and you are what you ate, and that everyone is counting um, calories, it's better we should count chemicals because that's what really matters. Awesome. Suzanne, it's really been an honor to chat with you and have you on the show. Thanks for your life's work. Thank you so much. I I look forward to hearing this. Bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode of Bulletproof Radio, you know what to do. Head on over to bulletproof.com and pick up a bag of Bulletproof coffee or something else like that. And while you're at it, please buy Suzanne Summers' book. It is an awesome book. And Suzanne Summers really knows what she's talking about. She's spent so much time studying these things, and she's been a pioneer, even though she's not a formally trained medical doctor. Sometimes it's urgent need that drives these kinds of things. So um, she's uh, definitely someone who's uh, working for good. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.